Mindfulness Mode. Hey, Mindful Tribe, welcome to Mindfulness Mode, and this is episode 642. I'm Bruce, Bruce Langford, host of Mindfulness Mode, and I'm so grateful to have you join me. And as you probably know by now, on Mondays, I do an episode that's... uh, just sharing thoughts and ideas about mindfulness and what I've learned and how I can help you. And on Thursday, I release an episode where I interview a guest who is someone that uh, uses mindfulness in their life. So you are probably well aware of that. Anyway, today my topic is learning to let go of what no longer serves you. And letting go is a big topic. It's a very important topic. So today's topic about letting go, I think you're going to find it very valuable. Many of my coaching clients who have begun to learn about mindfulness, they soon realize that that they are holding on to things that are disrupting their flow. And they're holding on maybe to certain emotions or memories or certain beliefs and ideas that are getting in their way and preventing them from moving on and achieving what they want in their life. And so the big question always comes up, yeah, but how do I let go of these things? How do I let go? How do I do that? And in many cases, these memories, these emotions and beliefs are are just so much in the way of what my clients are trying to achieve. They're often preventing money from flowing into their lives. Sometimes the beliefs are preventing unwanted pain from from leaving them, preventing heartbreak and grief from flowing out of their space. And grief can be all-encompassing, and it's natural. We, We need to go through that grieving process if we've lost someone or something from our lives. But there comes a point when... Of course, we want to learn how to let it go, at least let it go so that it's not interfering. So, of course, it goes without saying that my clients are are on a search very often on how to let go of all of these different emotions, memories, beliefs. And these elements are often, as you probably know, called blocks. Sometimes they're called mind blocks or mental blocks. Some people refer to them as the repression of painful or unwanted thoughts and memories. A client I worked with back in 2020, and I'll just call him Cliff, he was so convinced that he was unable to earn income that he had just practically given up even trying. He just fully believed that there was something wrong with him that was causing him to push money away rather than attract wealth. And he felt like he had tried and tried and tried practically everything in order to, to, you know, attract wealth to his life. And in fact, it was Cliff's very belief that was pushing away the money that caused him to continue to, to push those riches away. And after a few sessions designed to change his mental blocks, he was astounded at the change that started to happen in his life. And it seemed like every time he talked to me, he had a new story of how unexpected payment had come into his account or how an investment had suddenly blossomed into a windfall. He was offered a new job out of the blue and a small unexpected inheritance came his way. I remember him telling me about that. 
And so it was quite a life-changing event for him as he went through the, the coaching process. So today I'm going to talk about five different ways that you can let go of mind blocks like Cliff had. And the first one is slow down. We live in a life, most of us, of a very fast pace. Going, 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 going. You know, we jump out of bed and we have to do this and we have to do that. And we're pushing, we're pushing, we're pushing. Some of us have this belief that we've got to do more. We've always got to do more. We've got to fix things. We've got to fix ourselves. We've got to make ourselves better. And many times the answer is in learning how to slow down, learning how to just live in the moment. And of course, that is mindfulness, but we don't always think of mindfulness as learning how to slow down. And there are a number of ways to learn how to slow down. For instance, maybe consider working less hours at work or less overtime. You know, maybe there's a way that you can kind of back off a little or... Maybe you're due for a change and you haven't had the courage to just really face that, that you're just pushing yourself too hard and maybe that particular job is is not right for you because it's too hectic and you're being pushed too hard. Maybe that's it. You can evaluate and decide what you can do to slow down. Another thing maybe you can do and and... No matter where you are in life, you can probably do this more. You can outsource more. And outsource, I mean, if you're an entrepreneur, we understand that that means, you know, finding somebody online, finding a personal assistant, finding somebody that can help you out. But maybe, maybe that's not the case. Maybe you, you know, maybe you work out of your home. Maybe you work for another company. But there are often many ways we can outsource. So if you work for a company... Maybe there's somebody else at that company that can do some of the some of the work that you've been doing. And I don't know if you're anything like me, but there was a time when I felt like if I didn't do it, it didn't get done right. Or sometimes I felt like if I didn't do it, it didn't get done. And so I kind of had this attitude that, oh, well, I'll just do this, I'll do that, and I'll do it, and then I'll know it got done right. And that's that's not easy. To move from that place to a place where you're, you're allowing other people to take responsibility and you're kind of letting go of that feeling that, oh my gosh, maybe they're not going to do it right. Now, of course, you, you do need to be confident that the person will be able to do it right. So in other words, maybe you have to train them. You have to lay out very clearly what the steps are, what the process is of whatever it is you're trying to get them to do. So you can't expect people to do things if if they don't really know how they need to be done and what needs to be done. So you do have to have a process. But outsourcing, I mean, even, even if you're a, a mom at home, Maybe you can outsource certain things, you know, maybe you can, you know, um, maybe you can take in some of your laundry to have it done by someone else, or maybe, maybe you can get, you know, your sister-in-law to help you with certain things. You know, I I mean, you will look at your life and think of ways that you can kind of lighten your load a bit by outsourcing. Now, the third thing is feed yourself 
with more of what fulfills you. Feed yourself with more of what fulfills you, and that will help you slow down. So what did you love to do as a seven-year-old child? Did you love to paint or sing, or maybe you just spent hours playing in the water, playing in the lake or the river or the ocean? You know, maybe you rode your bike a lot, or maybe you, you did a lot of hiking. Is there a creative element you can reintroduce back into your life that maybe has been missing for a long time? Now, back maybe three years ago, our family went on a two-week vacation to Newfoundland. And Newfoundland, you might know, it's a Canadian province on the East Coast. It's a huge island. It's 150,000 square miles, so it's, so it's really a huge island. Well, there in Newfoundland, the pace is so much different than it is here in Ontario where I live. And I remember meeting a guy who lived there and he had never been off the island and his manner, his disposition, his way of looking at the world, it was just all so different. It was just a slower pace and and he had a calmness about him. He had a, a natural groundedness, it seemed, a natural sense of mindfulness that I think he'd been born into. And it was very easy to notice that once, you know, once I started talking to him and interacting with him, I I was like, whoa, that is just, just amazing to have that natural sense of mindfulness. So, so the first thing is slow down. And I think we can all do that. We can all figure out some ways to slow down in our life. The second one is scribe scribe. And in Hal Elrod's book, The Miracle Morning, I don't know if you've read it or not, but I highly recommend it. He talks about the practice of scribing. And scribing is an old-fashioned term for simply writing down your thoughts. Some people would call it journaling. Some people maybe would call it something else. But, uh, you know, you can start writing and just include plenty of thoughts of gratitude, ideas of where you currently see yourself right now in life, and thoughts about where you're headed, what you want your life to look like. Talk about dreams and goals and desires. Now, this week I interviewed a woman who said she could not get through the day without journaling or scribing. She said it was just an innate part of her life. She lives in India, and even though she had a, a very demanding job, she has, she has a lot on the go, she's a mother, she's a wife, while well, she still journals every morning, and she said she can't wait to put pen to paper. She said there's something special about the ink on the page. She said it doesn't work if you're just on a computer, you know, using a keyboard that way. That's her opinion. She says she loves the sensation of holding the pen and writing on the paper and having the ink flow onto the paper. She told me that she puts a lot of value on the way that the pen feels and like I said, the way the ink flows. And she said she has a large collection of pens and and this collection of pens, it kind of makes journaling even more special for her. And she'll pick up a special pen and she said she just loves experiencing the way it feels in her hand and as she writes the words on her page. And the reason I tell you this is because I think that making elements 
of journaling or scribing particularly meaningful in this way, it can have an impact on how much you enjoy it and how much benefit it will end up having for you and your life. You know, if you're fighting it all the way and you're thinking, oh, I hate this, I don't want to spend this time, this is tough, you know, then it's not probably going to be as effective as it will be if you can just simply, you know, take a deep breath, set aside the time, and just allow yourself to have pleasure as you're journaling or scribing. Because after all, you deserve it. So number three is about moving your body. Move your body. There's something magical about combining body movement with thought. And I could tell you many great ideas have popped into my head during my trampoline sessions. I have a mini trampoline and I find it that just amazing things happen when I jump on my trampoline and, and move my arms in big motions. I, I move them in opposite directions. My left arm, I'll move backward toward the back and my right arm forward sort of in propeller more motion. And in my experience, big arm movements connect to my thinking brain and some amazing ideas pop into my head. And as I'm jumping, just kind of gently jumping on the trampoline and moving my body, I can just feel, um, it's almost like I'm getting a massage. I can almost feel like my neck and shoulders kind of loosening and like almost little crackle sounds of of the the muscles or bones just loosening and relaxing and it's just a fantastic sensation i highly recommend it it just it just feels amazing and it does seem to connect directly to my brain as i do this and so many incredible thoughts have actually come up and and uh just just popped into my head as I'm doing this. Now, I mentioned last week that I've set aside an hour each morning to run. And I do this before I start my work day. And that's become a really important part of my regular routine. And and it just really feels amazing. I mean, some days it's not as easy as other days. I, I'm not going to say this is like the easiest thing in the world, but I just look forward to it. And it does seem to be really helping me with letting go of things that I want to let go of and believe I need to let go of in my life. And what I do as I'm running is a type of personal running meditation. And it's actually self-hypnosis. And it helps me clear my mind. And, and like I said, some incredible thoughts and ideas come to me as a result. This form of self-hypnosis is called seventh path self-hypnosis, and I am going to be teaching this method. I haven't decided when I will begin that, but I am going to be teaching seventh path self-hypnosis, and I highly recommend it. I just, I just absolutely love it. So stay tuned for the details on that. Number four. Now, number four is, you know, kind of related. Number four is meditate. And you probably know this already. I've been a meditator for around eight years. And as I already mentioned, one of the ways I meditate is a running meditation. I also do silent meditation. And I feel like this has made a big difference in my life. I certainly continued, you know, to do it, you know, years ago when I was first starting to meditate. 
I kind of made up my mind, okay, I'm going to give this a try and I'm going to do it every day for a certain period of time. And I'm just not going to be uh, tied to, you know, results in one week or two weeks or something. I'm just going to relax and, and give it a chance. And so this type of meditation has really made a big difference for me. And I've learned to let go of a lot of emotions and memories and beliefs that were holding me back just by using meditation. And when I say that, when I say I've been able to let go of them, it doesn't mean I've removed them from my memory. It means I was able to identify them and then reevaluate the way I thought about those events. And therefore, they no longer kind of sat there kind of festering. You know what I mean? And I was able to think differently about what the event meant to be to me and how it sat in my mind. So for two years, my meditation was usually in the form of a guided meditation. That was way back when I, when I started meditating. I often did guided meditations. And sometimes I listened to my own personalized guided meditations. And, and sometimes I listened to meditations that I downloaded from the internet. I use an app called Insight Timer. And if you listen to my show a lot, you probably know that lots of my guests recommend Insight Timer as well. It's I-N-S-I-G-H-T insight timer i've listened to a lot of meditations there and i've also recorded meditations there on insight timer so if you search my name you'll find them so that's another way and of course silent meditation is is very valuable i really enjoy that but if you're early on the path of meditating you might want to try guided meditations at this point number five create personal affirmations And you can find lots of affirmations online and you can adapt them for your personal use. So getting suggestions from people who have meditated for years, they've studied mindfulness for years, some of these um, people that you will find online will help you create meaningful and positive meditations for yourself, meaningful and positive affirmations. And like I said, you can adapt them using terminology that you relate to. And you can refer to your own goals and your own desires and, you know, use the kind of languaging that is positive and will lead you in the right direction. Maybe you want to live a life of contentment. Maybe you want to be more grounded or more sensitive to others. Whatever it is, include some of these ideas in your affirmations and then record them on your phone. Now, there are lots of apps you can use to listen back to your affirmations. One of those apps is called Enso. It's E-N-S-O. So you can check that app out. I've found that it's excellent. I don't use it all the time, but I find it's very valuable. It has great reviews, and Enso is marketed as a sleek and elegant meditation timer and bell. And when I say meditation, you know, there's kind of a a fine line between meditations, guided meditations, and affirmations. So you can put your own affirmations into them and create meditations. And it's designed to enhance your meditation and mindfulness experience. And I'm just reading here some more about what 
Enso is marketed at. Its minimal feature set and design allow you to focus on what matters the most, your mindfulness experience, without getting in your way. And this is what some people have said about it. They said, for a distraction-free meditation experience that lets you customize intervals and timers, you want Enso. So yeah, so it's kind of cool, some of the things that you can do to customize the space between each thing that you're saying and the timing, and you can put background sounds on. Somebody said, this is the best meditation app I've ever used by far. It has just enough features, but isn't cluttered. It makes me excited to meditate again. Thanks for making such a great app. Now I'm not uh, I'm not getting you know paid to suggest this app, but I just am suggesting it because I've used it and I do believe in it, and I think it's it's a positive thing for you to check out. So there are my five ways to let go of what no longer serves you. So just to reiterate, number one, slow down, slow down in your life the best you can. Number two, scribe or journal. Make it a habit. Make it something that is part of your life that you enjoy. And you will start to benefit from that. Number three, move your body. Move your body on a daily basis. And number four, meditate. Something that I I think is just so valuable, so important. And there are so many different ways to meditate. So, you know, if you try one way, don't give up and think, oh, you know, that didn't work for me, so I guess I can't meditate. I think you can meditate. I think everyone can. It's just that sometimes you have to find what works for you. And number five, create personal affirmations. And that's kind of connected to meditating. But creating personal affirmations means that anytime during the day, you can, you know, maybe you notice a negative thought running through your mind. Or maybe you're standing in the, the line at the bank or the grocery store or something and you're, you're just standing there. And then for a second you think, oh, this is a perfect time for me to be thinking about my affirmations. And uh, so, you know, just give that a chance because affirmations can be a really uplifting part of your day. Now, the last time I talked to Cliff, he reminded me how much his life had changed for the better because he had learned to let go of mind blocks that were holding him back. Are you able to identify any blocks that are in your way and keeping you from moving toward the life you want and deserve? And if the answer is no, then I think you will start to discover them when you start to scribe or journal. I think you really will. Or maybe when you're doing some of these other activities, meditating or, or uh, moving your body, you know, these different things. If you're anything like Cliff, the first step is to come to terms with the problem and reach out for help. You might want to do some soul searching to become clear on where you currently are and where you want to go. And once you gain clarity on the blocks that are preventing you from moving forward, like Cliff called them serendipitous moments and events, they started to happen in his life. So whether you think it's serendipity or it's being connected to the universe or it's being in the flow or maybe it's in your mind, maybe for you it's part of your religious beliefs. 
Well, the bottom line is that almost all of us are searching for the key to letting go so that we can make room for a better life. So thanks so much for listening to Mindfulness Mode today, and I'd love to hear your feedback. And if you would like to if you would like to tackle some of those mind blocks and you feel you need a little bit of help, I'm here for you. And I can help you through hypnosis because I am a trained hypnotist and I would love to help you with my coaching and hypnosis. And so just uh, send me an email, bruce at mindfulnessmode.com. We'll set up a free session where we'll just talk about whether this is right for you, talk about whether I can help you and how, how it might be a fit for you. There's no pressure whatsoever, but uh, you can definitely set up a time for us to talk. And I'd also love to hear from you, love feedback. And uh, so just send me an email, bruce at mindfulnessmode.com and, and give me some feedback. And if you, if you do want to work with me, just put this into the subject line. Why don't you put in the subject line, um, letting go, and then I'll know that you listen to this episode, letting go, because it's so important to learn how to let go. So like I said, thanks so much for listening today. And I wish you the very best on your journey of mindfulness and learning to let go. Hey, Mindful Tribe, thanks for listening, for subscribing, for reviewing the show on Apple Podcasts. And thanks to Erica Flint's Cascade Hypnosis Center for being our valued sponsor. Hey, Erica, we really appreciate you. And Erica is a terrific teacher of hypnosis. And I know that because I am a graduate of her program. Now, if you're a healer or a coach or a counselor or someone who just loves helping people, Consider the powerful results that can be achieved with hypnosis. You can become a hypnotist, just like I did. Contact the team over at CascadeHypnosisCenter.com. And if you'd like to work with me and break through some of those mind blocks, maybe lose weight, maybe quit smoking, maybe it's something else, I would be so thrilled to work with you. Don't put it off. Do it right now. Send me an email, bruce at mindfulnessmode.com. That's bruce at mindfulnessmode.com. And we will get you on track and we will help you to move toward the goals that you've always wanted to achieve. So now take what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.